0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Bedtime Stories for Paddlers. If you paddled this podcast before, thanks for editing out again. If it's your first time, grab a brew and get ready to be taken on a journey you won't forget. On this podcast, we feature river stories from artists, kayakers, river guides, canoeists, swiftwater rescue pros, and stand-up paddleboarders. Tonight's guest is Nikki Gregg who was on the front end of stand-up paddleboarding in 2005 in Hawaii. She has incredible stories that will take us on a worldly journey, and this podcast is only going to leave you wanting more. From her roots in Ohio, Nikki takes us on a trek to West Virginia, Colorado, Hawaii, Tahiti, and the desert of Jordan. This is an incredible conversation with an equally extraordinary woman. This is the perfect podcast to download, listen, then dream it, and do it. Nikki's going to get you fired up after you hear what she's done, and you're going to want to go out in the world and make your dreams happen. So get comfy and crack a cold one. I'm your TL, Steve Barber. Let's set this shuttle and get this river trip underway and welcome our guest this evening, Nikki Gregg, to Bedtime Stories for Paddlers. Yeah, I'm, I figured it out. Can you hear me?
1: <laughs> yeah, I can hear you.
0: Awesome. Oh. Nikki, look
1: at you. You're all look at your little setup there.
0: I got a little setup, you know, try to mm-hmm. make it sound good and be able to hear yeah. people, you know. But I mean, look at you. You look like you're, uh, you know, relaxing and maxing there.
1: Yeah, well, I can show you. I'll just personally show you my view here on my back porch
0: sweet. Can you see it? Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's pretty nice.
0: Oh, where where are we these days?
1: So, uh I moved back to Colorado. Okay. And uh southern Colorado actually. I lived down here in 2000, 2000 to 2002 and uh fell in love with it. Sorry, my dog wants attention.
0: Well, you're. I know you're a dog lady. You got all kinds of dogs yeah. all the time.
1: <laughs> I have one now, but um, if I could, I'd have thirty of them. Uh-huh. But um, yeah, so I live in Southern Colorado. It's about an hour south of Salida, the oh. Arkansas River, and about two hours north of Taos.
0: Oh yeah, okay, and
1: like near Santa Fe. So yeah, it's like high desert. It's beautiful here. It's like pretty desolate, which, you know, it's like, you have to drive an hour to get to another town. So I, I like that personally, but.
0: Okay. Um, so the yeah. grocery store, is it close or are you, you homesteading or what?
1: No, I actually work at a grocery store.
0: Oh, okay. Nice. So,
1: so I live, so I live in Crestone, Colorado. Okay. So um, it's a very small town of under um, or just about a hundred people. And when I moved here, I mean, it's really hard to find a place to live. It's really hard to find a job. So, I mean, I got really lucky, moved here in November, right before all the COVID stuff started, Mm -hmm. found a place to live, got a job at a grocery store as the produce manager, which I actually really love.
0: Nice.
1: Um, And I'm starting my own business, uh, a juicing business as well on the side. Nice. So, um, yeah, I just happened to like... Very fortunate. Get out of the city. Get here. Get a job in a grocery store where I like. You know, so many people have lost their jobs and are struggling. And I, I don't know. It's like divine intervention.
0: Well, good things happen to good folks. Well, (laughs) well, how are you though? Where are you at? I'm doing well. I live in Hopwood, Pennsylvania, uh, about 17 miles uh, outside of Ohio. Pile. So, oh nice. Near the Yakagieni. Yeah. And um I got a wife and a couple children, 7-year-old and a 3-year-old daughter and a 7-year-old son and uh we're we're loving it. We're living the dream. And uh I have an electronic media company where I do different things for clients, um like promotional videos, uh websites, uh photography and graphic design and I've always been thrown around this idea of having this kind of show or a podcast dedicated to bedtime stories for paddlers. And uh, I always felt that the industry people, they could speak really well, and they had these great stories, and they were just incredibly rich individuals. Um, So I just felt like... You know, during my time of being in the quarantine, it would be a good time to reach out and talk with some folks and share some stories and archive them. And you are one of those people that have had an amazing life. And I figured, (laughs) man, you know, you're the perfect person to do this. And, uh, you know, we're friends. And you're also like a really strong woman, which I think is super important just to, you know, show our ladies out there um we all know that you know the guys are have this this front stage in the outdoor industry but you know it's really really awesome that the women are charging you know most of the times harder than the dudes and you're definitely one of those people that charge hard
1: well it's i was thinking back to how i got into all this white water and outdoors and how we met yeah back from the new river gorge um and we met kind of through my uh, my best friend Dawn back in the day,
0: mm-hmm. in the mid '90s, um,
1: and the Kent State Kayak Club, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. Did you Did we, go but, to the Kent State Kayaking Club?
1: Yeah, so it was okay. super funny. Like, oh, I grew up in um, Ohio yeah. and went to Kent State, nice. and uh, okay. it was crazy because I kind of grew up in this really like I don't know conventional family. Mm-hmm. um that didn't do anything outdoors and i just had kind of an average upbringing of like you know going to high school went to college was in a sorority and it was like great and all and i love all my friends i made through that mm-hmm. but um i met my friend dawn and she introduced me to the kent state kayak club
0: she did which, this exact same thing cow. for me Yeah. Really? Yeah. That's how I got into the whole whitewater world. And, you know, I've, I think this is like my 26th year just being involved in whitewater and, uh, you know, and Don did it (laughs) and Don took me to the Kent state kayaking club. And then I met all those guys like Max Mm -hmm. and Eric and all those guys. And as you know, they were doing some big stuff, you know, routing right out of Kent state. So I fell in love with that you know, instantly. Cause I was just a, you know, adrenaline junkie too.
1: Totally. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that changed my life and I have to give her a lot of credit for that. And I thank her dearly um, nice. and those guys for completely introducing me to the outdoor life, which I had been searching for mm-hmm. my whole life up until that point. And then um, you know, just that whole lifestyle mm-hmm. and that whole just, I don't know the approach to life yeah. of, of people who love the river and everything like that.
0: Living is just for the so river. so relaxed,
1: living, just so fun. And um, I finally got taken down to the New River Gorge, um, mm-hmm. Fayetteville, West Virginia, where the New River and the Gully River are. I had never seen white water in my life. It was about this time of year. On the lower new, I went with Max, mm-hmm. Quigley, mm-hmm. Dawn, um, a couple other people. And it was high water. It was freezing. And all I was given, I had no idea what to wear. I was given a Capaline top that smelled terrible. And um, I wore a pair of shorts. And everyone else had dry suits on.
0: They were and prepared.
1: And Quigley pushed me in the water before we even got on the water. So I was already cold. Um, Thanks, and Harry. their goal... And I know this isn't right, but it's a bunch of kayakers in a raft. So this is what's going to happen is they're going to try to flip at every rapid and Mm -hmm. surf all the big holes. And that was my introduction to whitewater. And I like, I remember falling in the water, my first rapid and just being scared to death. But like, this is life. Like I felt so alive. And uh, by the end of the day, I was hypothermic. Definitely. Um, but I was—I fell in love with the outdoors. We we went climbing that week, and we went mountain biking. And then I—I I knew I'd found everything I've been looking for. You know, that was it. Changed my life.
0: That is awesome, and <laughs> I can totally agree. You know, I'm from Southern West Virginia, well, Central West Virginia, Braxton County. And then when I got involved with the Kent State Kayaking Club, I was going back home, and. I was just like, all right, I'm done with Ohio because Ohio wasn't for me. It's too flat and all that. <laughs> and, and I I couldn't do that. So when I went back home and I saw the New River for the first time after hanging out with these guys at the Kent State Kayaking Club, I was I was like, Yeah, I, I gotta get back home.
1: So you're from West Virginia? Yes. Yeah. Oh, right on. Yeah. I'm about. from
0: Braxton County, West Virginia, and um it's two counties up from Fayetteville. County,
1: okay. Oh, so, lucky you! Yeah,
0: so I was just like, uh, I, I can't be in Ohio anymore. I gotta get, I gotta get out of there and get back home. And it was the best thing that I ever did, and it totally changed my life too. Right along with with where you're at, but I think it made you, uh, you know, a, a rock star essentially. Because I mean, you did a lot of stuff after that. You really chased it.
1: I did. Yeah, That's some of the cool I'm, stuff that I think of, we
0: should talk about.
1: <laughs> I I've always followed my heart, and I'm a risk taker. You know, calculated <sighs> risks. Mm-hmm. Um, I just I was never someone that went along with like the whole settle down and get married thing, which is just my thing. I just I wanted to figure out how to travel because I had such a sheltered childhood um didn't really get to do anything and i'm like well i want to see the world i want to travel i want to yeah. now that i've seen the outdoors and see what this place has to offer i want to go you know check out and um i did i i think yeah i initially was going to raft guide at wildwater oh nice Remember do you remember um Don and I were training at Wildwater
0: I I know Don was training but
1: and man. you and Blaine were there Yeah but I don't remember you training guys. I was there for like a couple of weeks okay and then uh I had an opportunity to go out to Colorado mm. so I did So I moved out to Colorado out to Steamboat Springs Ooh I love
0: um, Steamboat
1: Yeah and that's where I fell in love with like kayaking and mountain biking uh, like just snow and snowboarding i started mm-hmm. snowboarding like crazy
0: snowboarding um, steamboat is is awesome i love it's beautiful on there
1: the yeah, snow's I, great uh,
0: the terrain's awesome it's big oh man so good
1: it's not big but the powder's great the powder and is the, tr- great. the tree skiing's insane there yeah it's changed i mean it's definitely become a lot more resort towny if that makes any sense. Um, and I was lucky to have been there like in the late 90s when it was still kind of like country-ish.
0: Nice.
1: Um, but it is a beautiful place. So yeah, moved out to Colorado um, and then went from like from there. Where did I go? I
0: Where I did you commercially to, like, raft guide?
1: I California. So I moved out to Coloma or Placerville, California. So near Lake Tahoe. Oh. So the American River.
0: Okay, all right, that's awesome. Um, Tahoe, I got to go to Tahoe. So when you said that, I'm just like, oh, I I got to get there.
1: It is beautiful. I mean, sorry, I like my life. It's the timelines all over the place right now.
0: Yeah, that's okay. So I have
1: to like think about this. So yeah, I went out to uh to Tahoe area and was snowboarding. Uh, I moved out there like three months. After I moved out there, I went off a, a jump and missed, like went way past the transition of landing and landed flat ice from 50 feet in the air going full speed. So almost Ouch. died, <laughs> blew out my knee. And so I couldn't raft guide for that summer. So that summer I just kind of sat in the reservations office with my leg up, you know, on store girl. Colors. you turned
0: to store, but, girl. you turned into the store girl real quick.
1: Oh, which, which drove me nuts. Yeah, no doubt. Um but you know, that's what happens. So, you know, I've suffered many injuries from sports. Oh, <laughs> yeah. haven't we all? Yeah. Um, so anyway, yeah, but the next the next summer I was raft guiding um down in Coloma on the American River and you know, it's just a nice easy river to guide down, kayaking. That was way before stand-up paddling. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um
0: what what guess, was the year kind of timeline was that
1: i would say 2005 okay and that was right before i moved to hawaii
0: <laughs> Whoa. so
1: yeah i mean so we went I to just,
0: california we went to colorado then we went to california where you get yeah. the american and the americans like i don't I've, n- I've not been on the American, so it's kind of chill not class five or um
1: or, there's different sections like for example like the arkansas river i don't know if you've you've voted out here at all i I haven't there's definitely lots of different levels so you know there's class three class three the chili bar the um the gorge which are class three and that's like the most family friendly Mm -hmm. guiding and then you can do the north fork and the middle fork which are like middle fork would be class four north fork class five you know, so there's something for everyone there.
0: Nice. That's that's um, the goods right there. And how long yeah, did you and, raft guide?
1: Um, a couple years, but unfortunately I would get bored when the water got low.
0: As it does out west.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so I it gets would Get low like, real
0: quick. That's the thing on the east coast, man. We just got the yeah. water. It's it's hard to leave.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's why West, west Virginia water <sighs> scares me. Oh. That it scares stuff, a lot of like, folks. <laughs> God, that's a very humbling place for sure.
0: Yeah, I think the um, rivers think, in general are just humbling, but you know,
1: oh, for sure. But West so, Virginia, yeah,
0: there's the stouts there.
1: <laughs> um, so yeah, from there, I moved to Hawaii. I just,
0: how did you like pick Hawaii? That's uh, well, what happened to get you to Hawaii? That's incredible.
1: I think. After I would had that horrible snowboarding accident, mm-hmm. I couldn't go back to snowboarding um, mentally. Sure, like I just stood at the top of the terrain park and I'm like I can't do it, and mm-hmm. just going down the mountain is kind of boring. You know what I mean? I don't know. So um, I just decided like, hey, I'm gonna. I tried surfing a few times down in Santa Cruz, and uh, Screw it. (laughs) I'm going to take the $2,000 in my pocket, my two suitcases, and go to Hawaii. Uh, My friends were kind of surprised because they're like, you don't even know anyone out there. What are you doing? (laughs)
0: Yeah, that's awesome.
1: I go, I totally know people out there. I have lots of friends. I just haven't met them yet.
0: Oh, that's... And
1: that's how I see things.
0: That's really... I love that. I yeah. absolutely love that. That's great. So, so now it's 2007, there, not, 2006. You're in Hawaii.
1: So that was, oh, 2006. Um, yeah. It's awesome. And went there, you know, started surfing a bunch. It's a very difficult sport to learn. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> and, uh, but the it, snowboarding
0: it, it, probably yeah. assisted with that. I mean,
1: It snowboardings way easier than surfing, but the edging, the carving, Mm -hmm. just like with kayaking and things, that's like a board sport. It's Mm -hmm. very similar, but being able to read the waves and the reef and you know, how the waves are breaking and the speed you need to paddle to be able to match the speed of the wave to get on it Mm -hmm. and the surf etiquette. um, There's just a lot going on there. Um, surf etiquette's
0: pretty important too I mean you can't be hanging out with the locals and you know messing up and then all of a sudden get run out of the the oh you know (laughs) (laughs) you know yeah I remember one time I went down to uh Bodie Lighthouse on Ocracoke and I was kayaking with the surfers there and that's supposed to be one of the bigger breaks on the east coast um below Cape Hatteras and all that and the Outer Banks. Okay. Okra Island. Okay. And anyhow, uh, I was there and we're talking about etiquette here and there was probably, I'd say, 60 surfers and then two kayakers. And now we're kayaking with all these surfers and we're catching every wave because <laughs> we got the ability to do it. And I'm just like, hey man, you know, I'd paddle up to guys and be like, hey, you know, wh- what do you think about catching the waves out here? And they're just like, Mm-hmm. Paddling on away from me, they didn't even want to talk to us, so we're just nope. like, uh, "Thanks, dude." Nope. No, uh,
1: there's, um, it's not the same vibe as you get on the river. No, I agree. at all. <laughs> Every man for himself. Um, in the ocean, not as too friendly. To, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I when I lived in Hawaii, I I got in a few arguments on the water. I'll admit it. You have to have a backbone. In order to catch some waves.
0: Yeah, I can see that about you too. I mean, just the, what I know, you got the backbone. So I'm sure. You,
1: <laughs> no, really. <laughs> I'm sure you took care of some
0: situation. <laughs>
1: yeah, I'm. Well, I don't like to argue or get into confrontations, but if someone's challenging me and and being a DB, mm-hmm. I'm going to say something. And this this girl one day, I was actually filming for a DVD on um stand-up paddling and it was a surfing segment and i was trying to just catch a few like not even big deal waves catching the waves and this girl kept dropping in on me on her surfboard every single wave and i had the right away but she would just drop in on me and finally we had some words and it was all on camera
0: (laughs) nice hey it happened if you filmed it
1: I've never seen the footage, but she didn't mess with me again. I mean, you got to just, you know, and it stinks because on the river, when you're paddling, everyone's so nice to each other. So nice.
0: Yeah. And helping each other. We're all like a family. Yeah.
1: Because it's life or death out there sometimes.
0: Oh, yeah. You know, absolutely. it's just
1: a different lifestyle. But I love surfing. Like when you catch a a wave and it's just, I don't know. Uh, I don't want to say what it's better than, but it is. Yeah.
0: Okay. (laughs) Well, it's like you're engaged into nature, but you're also engaged into like this huge water feature that just has its own deal. And to be able to be a part of that for a moment, it's a spiritual thing and not everybody can get it. And it's not for everybody, you know, it's for you or the people that want to really find it. And I mean, you found it and, somehow oh well, yeah you got people to pay you to film you and and all that how'd that all go down i mean like that, that's a dream Man, you moved to hawaii i don't even know you get started you know getting filmed
1: that's <laughs> and i'm like i'm like the it. most i like last person you would think of that would do things like this however uh i moved to the north shore of oahu shortly after moving to hawaii and got a job as a personal trainer. I've, I've been a trainer, or was a trainer for like 20 years before that, off and on. So I got a job at the gym and immediately things took off. This was around that 2008 recession. Mm. And um, for some reason, I, like, I took off. Like I was working 12 hours a day. I was surfing the mornings and the evenings. Nice. Um, had tons of clients. And someone, one of my clients introduced me to stand up paddling. So no, that was 2007. Somebody introduced me to stand up paddling, took me out into Waimea Bay, which is it was a summer, so it's really flat, and the water is really clear, and you can paddle out there and see the dolphins. Wow. Um, and the sea turtles. Why is amazing. Yeah.
0: Oh, that's great.
1: But I I really liked it, and it was like a. a an old windsurf board somebody had converted into a stand up paddle board and a homemade paddle because there weren't any boards available at that point mm-hmm. or paddles or anything, but industry hadn't taken off. So, you know, I was like flat water. I'm like, mm, it's great, you know, but it just, you know, I need a little more action. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't until um, I actually met Dan Gavir, who was Uh, working for Werner Paddles Oh yeah, and he he was out there he was a rep in that area and he actually came um, to the cafe that was right next to the gym I was working at and I of course know who Dan Veer was because
0: it's big time voter
1: (laughs) and we met I'm like hey what's up you're Dan right and so we just kind of hung out for a couple weeks while he was working and he got me into stand-up paddle surfing I flew over to Maui and we did a downwinder on the Malika Rim, which is like going, I don't know if you know what downwinders are, but the trade winds blow. So you put in um, upwind, okay. let the wind blow you down the coast. And it just basically, the swell, it's just, the wind just makes this huge swell and you can surf all the way down the coast.
0: It's got to be a little um, bit scary.
1: Oh, I was a complete coupe. <laughs> The first time I went, um, it was like a 10 foot winter swell. So, you know, Dan and his friends were, you know, great. Then I was put on a inflatable board, which doesn't surf at all. Yeah, not rigid enough. And they, inflatable boards in the beginning were horrible. Mm-hmm. They were soup. They were like soggy bananas, you know, there's like, and I'm trying to like, can barely catch the swell, um, it was storming. There's sharks out there and there's like, they are going inside and catching the swell and I wasn't good enough. And I was on an inflatable ward, but it was super. Fun. Nice. <laughs> it was just so fun. I fell in love because that was the action. You know, I needed like the surfing and getting beat up and thrown mm-hmm. around and being in the raw elements.
0: You need life threatening. You need some kind of life threatening it, element <laughs> to make you complete.
1: It's so true. Yeah. Um, I know that sounds weird, but yeah, I love that, that action. And just it's, you're living in it. So I, then I fell in love with it. Clients started to notice that I became super fit, like even more than I was at the time. And they're like, what are you doing? Like, you just are always so happy lately and you're extra fit. I'm like, stand up paddling. And the, the professional surfers I trained were like, Get, get away from me. Cause I, they got the chip on their shoulders,
0: shoulders, surfers. Yeah. They're chip. like,
1: get out of here. I'm going to sniper sniper you from the bushes. If I see you going out there into my lineup, <sighs> but the women really took to it. Mm. Okay. So um, I, I begged borrowed and stole boards or paddles wherever I could and started taking people out to paddle for fitness. So I was like, "This is fun. We could paddle. We can mm-hmm. stop. We can do push-ups, sit-ups, mm-hmm. and we can go for a swim or a snorkel. Go run on the beach. Yeah. And it like nobody was doing that at the time. I mean, it's not rocket science. I just I put two and two together, mm-hmm. and it took off.
0: Right place, right time. Making fitness fun, and then being on the front end of these stand-up paddle boards. Totally." That is perfect yes. timing. That's amazing.
1: So that's where it took off.
0: And then you were in magazines and photo shoots and sponsors and people throwing boards at you and paddles, all kinds. I mean, you're living the the kind of sponsored uh, dream right there
1: at that point. I, I did. Yeah. So, you know, it was slow starting at first, but I'm not afraid to put myself out there and just go, go for it. Mm-hmm. So I started, I, I started my own website. I made this little teeny website um, on Yahoo and I was contacted by uh, a guy from Southern California who's like a billionaire, started a few big companies, asked me to be his trainer, came out to Hawaii. I spent six weeks with him and his family training him and then he he hired me um, several times for the next few years. And it was really good money. So that helped fund, you know, what I was doing, um, as far as stand up paddling or else, I don't think I could have done that. Um, but I started, you know, writing articles, just little articles. And, you know, I caught, con- I contacted shape magazine at the time. They're like, the heck are you talking about?
0: They had no, you know, idea they had no clue. Up.
1: They're like, you're a weirdo.
0: Hey, this is and, coming. Yeah, if you want to be in on it. <laughs>
1: I had a lot of rejection, trust me, but I just kept going and I actually arranged my first stand-up paddle boot camp on the mainland in Utah, I think it was 2009, and I went and it was a weekend of like technique tune-up, teaching people how to use stand-up for fitness, and I don't think the world was ready for it yet, but there's a few participants who I'm still friends with now, but that's how it all started. Started racing, mm-hmm. um, started, yeah, kept surfing. And there were no boards for the things <laughs> that we were doing then. So like going down the river in whitewater broke a lot of boards, okay. got really beat up, lost a lot of fins. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but that was really fun to be, you know, be a part of the history and help pioneer the sport. Yeah,
0: that's fantastic. And that's yeah. what I think of when, you know, I think of you just being on the front end of that stand up paddle boarding. You just, I just kind of followed your career, just be being on the internet and stuff. And, um, man, I was just like, so impressed with you just charging like you were and, um, I thought it was fantastic. I thought you were the perfect ambassador mm-hmm. for for that. Uh, yeah, that I, I got.
1: <laughs> I don't know. I'm fortunate, and I feel very blessed that I was able to help other people um, change their lives through being in the outdoors and stand up paddling. And there's there's a little story. I um, I did a fitness DVD.
0: This, I saw I saw part of that. That's sweet with the waterfalls yeah. in the back and
1: yes. Damn, so that, that was awesome. a labor of love for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, did the video didn't make any money off of it, but I almost didn't finish. It was so hard. Cause I have set, like I just set the bar high for myself mm-hmm. um, all the time. So I just had a hard time. Like we had sponsors wanted to do it in several different places just to make it visually appealing. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't want to do like a cheap video. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to do like the real thing. So, um, I finished it. <laughs> oh, there's Indy.
0: Yeah. What's okay. up buddy.
1: So, um, <laughs> I, I didn't know, I thought, you know, I pick, pick on myself. I'm hard on myself. I'm like, oh, I shouldn't have said that. Oh, that was stupid. Why'd I do that? Mm-hmm. But, you know, so many people came back and said, I've watched this video a hundred times mm-hmm. <laughs> or I s- stand on my chair in the kitchen and practice paddling with you on the video. Nice. But the one that really made me feel like what I was doing, even though I wasn't very confident at the, that time, um, a lady who owns a shop in California Uh, Her and her husband own a paddling shop, and I went and just did a tour with her of her shop. She showed me around, telling me how she's doing, like, some stand-up paddle fitness. And all of a sudden, she started to cry, and she hugged me. She's like, you know what? You saved my life. Wow. Uh, At the time your video came out, I was in bed with breast cancer, like, about to die. And my husband brought home this video, put it in for me. I watched it and I said, you know what? I want to do what she's doing. Nice. And I'm going to, I'm going to do this and I'm going to be strong and live through this. And like, I have, you have no idea the effect that you have on people, you know, like mm-hmm. I just, I'm so like, ah, I'm such, why did I do that? Why did I say that? Like, mm-hmm. But not thinking that you really do have an effect on people out there. So I think that goes for everyone and that, you know, people are watching and looking at what you do, what you say, mm-hmm. and looking up to, to you, you know, yes, you don't know.
0: People are looking for role models out there.
1: Um, yeah. I don't, be- I, I never considered myself one, but I guess. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, it, I'd, but- I'd, I think that that's a good choice. I mean, you've developed yeah. yourself. And, you know, one of the things that I've always known about you is just this big smile, big personality, and that's how you lead. And, and you instantly can see Nikki Greg and see this smile coming out and you're like, Oh yeah, I want to, I want to hang out with that person. And you're like, Oh, she's boating. <laughs> she's doing this. You're like, what? Okay, let's go. All right. Well, that, dude.
1: That's, and I remember you with like long hair,
0: mm-hmm. yeah, long oh, yeah. red
1: hair and like,
0: It's still red, but, uh, I'm I'm losing a little bit. (laughs) Oh yeah, it it
1: is. It is still red, but like, you're like, dude, yeah, life is good. I love that. You always (laughs) had such a good attitude. Thanks. Thanks. So, um, same to you. Thank you so much. But yeah, you know, like, um, as good as it was, it's, stand up paddling started to become too too kind of stressful because it became more of a job than something Mm -hmm. to do for fun. Mm -hmm. And as soon as like corporations and business people started to get involved Mm -hmm. and get greedy and everyone wanted a piece of the pie.
0: A piece of the pie uh, or a piece of like Nikki Gregg doing the
1: Both. Make money off the the stand-up paddle boarding as it boomed. Mm -hmm. And then also, well, you know, make money off my name, of course, Mm -hmm. which I worked very hard to build and it just took, you know, like a couple of greedy business people mm-hmm. who wanted to make money off of me and my name mm-hmm. that took everything away. But you know, well shit happens. It,
0: it does. <laughs> and
1: I, I'm t- and I'm too trusting, you know what I mean?
0: Yeah. And you're, you know, you're out there trying to live the lifestyle and mm-hmm. then you've got the whole different kind of people that are just trying to make the money. Those are two different people And uh, ain't nobody got time to deal with all this money stuff when you're out there in the, you know, nature (laughs) trying to just have fun.
1: I mean, I was doing pretty good on my own with uh, doing the boot camps, the videos, working with sponsors. I had great sponsors uh, like Werner and NRS and Mm -hmm. Fitbit and Mm -hmm. just crazy. Like they were great. It was just until I got, um, there was just some... Business people who don't understand the outdoor industry and whatnot. Um, I was hosting my own TV show with Heliconia Press, like Ken Whiting, and it just—it was one person that just came in and wiped us out, like ruined everybody's career. Oh man, I don't don't know if you want to put that on
0: the podcast, but we'll just call that person the Corona. (laughs) Totally run everybody's um, career, right?
1: I just—I don't want to be neg but the truth has to be told that there are some people out there who don't have anyone else's best intentions in mind. And us people who are just loving life and trying to, Mm -hmm. you know, make a living doing what we love and it's, uh, they're out there. Yeah.
0: And I mean, how would you, if you had it all to do over again, would you be able to spot that person and, you know, root that out or would it kind of happen again?
1: Honestly, that is, such a good question because um i i would have still probably gone the route but given different advice to the person i was working with who was dealing or licensing their business to that guy like i would say i don't think you should work with this guy because that's going to ruin your business it's going to ruin a bunch of people's lives and businesses, and I wish because I have pretty good intuition and I'm a pretty good judge of character. I didn't even see it, um, so I would done everything the same, but have said, you know, if you're going to license your paddle business out, do it to somebody who that you can trust. And it's just, uh, you know, greed hurts everybody. Um, you know, Money. Yeah, I don't, I'm not into that like money we need it to live but I'm not into you know yeah. making millions of bucks
0: and that's the general consensus of all outdoor living people I would think they're more interested in you know living the lifestyle than trying to put together the old savings account and business you know dossier and all that yeah you know. <laughs>
1: right
0: <laughs> ain't nobody so, got time yeah. for that well so
1: that's my story you know like that it so stand-up paddling has kind of taken a, a turn down mm-hmm. um finance. like you know it isn't as booming as it is well
0: uh, everything right has an apogee right i mean and, right. and it hit that for sure but um um let me move back you okay. came from hawaii and you know that's like ocean paddling and then you came back into the mainland of America, and you're doing like a lot of river, whitewater, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. at that point, right? I mean,
1: oh that, yeah. Okay. So how cool is it yeah, to be able to take paddleies. that passion of whitewater, combine it with surfing, fitness, and everything that I love? Yeah, and and start just try. Let's try it. Like this is something no one's done before, and we, like, what I was dating Dan Gavir at the time, and you know we we're going down the river and just. It was just a junk show. <laughs> yeah. Like we didn't know what we were doing.
0: Well, you probably and, got beat up a little bit on that.
1: Oh, I mean, <laughs> oh, started I developing pictures. different yeah.
0: kinds of. I mean, were you integral in developing boards or like body armor or you to- know, totally like eggs or something? Or
1: well, I definitely um, worked with Starboard in the past and developed the first fitness board, one mm-hmm. of the first fitness boards um, for stand up, mm-hmm. and then. Um, Just
0: a side we, note, I bought a starboard. Uh, okay. Sup because of you, I was like, dude. What? If my girl's driving one of the starboards, <laughs> I got to get one for my wife, and we bought <laughs> one, and it was our first stand up paddle board, and we love it. It is quality, and it's. Do you know which good. one it is? It is like twelve. Uh, wait. Twelve a six. No, I I know what it is. I got it right here. I don't know if you can. <laughs> Let's see. Wait. Okay. This, no, I can't even no. bring that. My- Wait,
1: just just hold it still. Is that a hardboard or an inflatable? No, that's an inflatable. That's an inflatable. Yeah. yeah.
0: And this is so- on the Mon River in Pittsburgh, and my wife and I do a lot. And it is oh nice eleven like eleven seven or eleven something. Okay. I can't remember the exact model, but it's it's been a great board and i yeah. can't remember when we bought it but we've loved it and we've definitely charged some big stuff with it and then oh, i bought right one on. for myself and it was an imagine board but i don't think okay. i don't think it was as great quality because I, I bought it and then like the next day i took it out there was a leak in the was side that imagine you know? yeah, that's imagine that, that yeah. was
1: corin's company well
0: i don't know is that corin's company
1: it was okay corin started that and then,
0: okay, it did have a leak so, in it, but let me tell you this.
1: Yeah. I thought, I don't sk- want to get into that.
0: The skeg was, I thought one of the best designed skegs that were out there because a lot of the skegs, uh, fit in to the bottom of the board and Corin's skeg was on the back on this mechanism.
1: Did it retract?
0: Yes. Yeah. And that was like perfect for going down the river. So mine was so much better at going down the river and then hers was, and I, I've always, and uh, Corin's name's on that skeg, and I never put it together that he did the board, but I knew that he did the skeg, and I thought, man, that's right in there with his innovative thing that he's always mm. been doing. Uh, but that skeg was awesome and it's still i love that he
1: skeg is design. he's so ahead of the curve he is and he's I mean?
0: always always on top of it and always trying to make things better the dude never stops he's, he's 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 cool i mean
1: yeah i love him um so i haven't talked to him for a long time actually but he's got a new company called soul yeah what do you think He's yeah. back into kayaking again. Yeah, he's
0: making the disco. So, he's making all kinds of... He's making the, the boats for kids and another rider. I almost pulled the trigger on that. Um, but I went with an inflatable kayak created by Attila. You remember the oh. Thrill Seeker? I don't know if you ever got into no. that. but I got really hung up on these inflatables because they got better, you know, mm-hmm. when, when they first came out i was like with you i was like no (laughs) because i rode a couple and it was just like but (laughs) we got this starboard and it had like the drop stitch inside and you know it was a really good board and then i just i went with it and uh we got the imagine and then the thrill seeker i don't know if you know anything about attila he invented that thrill seeker and that's an inflatable kayak that is a beast it just runs all the white water it's been adopted by commercial uh you know liveries and whatnot but uh we got that instead of the dual person kayak and we put the family in it. it's a two-person kayak but i have four riders in there and we've been charging like class three solid you know oh, stuff nice. <laughs> putting lunches <laughs> in there you know and it's just me paddling and uh you know that's the way i do it and we have uh, groups that we run around with and stuff but that's kind of. That's awesome. I'm sorry. That's where yeah. I got off on the, the the two person kayak instead of getting that that one that Corn uh, built.
1: Yeah, I mean, there are some really good companies out there that like. I mean, yes, the inflatable sucked at first, and that's mm-hmm. what we kind of had to use, and then they all of a sudden were. Almost as stiff as composite boards.
0: Yeah, the psi and, that you can blow those babies up to is crazy—like twenty psi now. An
1: yeah, and they're still not. Personally, I don't think they're good for surfing. They just don't edge. But for running rivers and hitting rocks, and you know, if you hit a rock and then fall and land on your board, you're not gonna like smash your face up. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. Your teeth are gonna um, be stuck in the board, right? the s- summer oh, teeth.
1: Yeah. I had so many concussions,
0: Ooh. but.
1: <laughs> Eight that's concussions, st- not all from stand up. Oh apparently.
0: man. Yeah. That's, that's too many.
1: You're Whatever. like a football player out there. That's why, that's there. why I, I like more than an NFL player. Oh. Maybe I'm just a little klutzy. But so, Starboard has so many companies have great inflatables. I also, out of Steamboat Springs, Colorado, there's a company called Hala, H A L A, which my friend owns up there. They make excellent. River running boards and inflatables. So okay. I I'm actually I would like to get a couple of boards from him. Badfish.
0: Yeah, I've seen Salida the bad here. fish ones.
1: Mm-hmm. Awesome company with Mike Harvey. I mean, it's just like they're people who know the river mm-hmm. designing these boards.
0: And those ones are definitely getting more I mean, it's obviously been specialized for a long time, but the badfish ones, those ones have a really good design just for the river. And that's kind of oh, what yeah. you need, you know.
1: Totally. Cause I mean, you've got all different kinds of white water up there, parks, surfing. So there's boards for surfing, there's boards for river running. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're kind of designed like kayaks that you can stand on. So a little more volume, they have the rocker in the front so you can surf and not curl the nose. Um, they've always, Badfish has always had the best surfboards as far as I'm concerned um i love those guys i can't wait to get up there like i said i'm only an hour south and as soon as things calm down a little bit hopefully get up there and uh, but a lot of events have been canceled this year Mm -hmm. so they're trying to run the gopro mountain games in vale in august where where i don't know if you know about it but they do all the kayaking events and stuff
0: they may have to go to west virginia like every other
1: right (laughs) maybe they should do it in west virginia is that (laughs) Yeah. Not as well, please. they're gonna have
0: water. There's no doubt about it. Call Melanie and you know get that thing worked out.
1: Yeah. Melanie's great. Um yeah, she she's is. just such a great asset um to just the whole everything.
0: Yeah. She's, <laughs> she's another such a good, good friend, friend of mine.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I love her to death. Oh yeah. Um so yeah, so that's a little bit more about the boards. Yes, we uh definitely helped, you know, design boards and uh I I put had my input in a lot of product design um, paddle designs and all that kind of stuff. And I feel really lucky that I was able to be a part of it. Yeah.
0: Do you have a favorite river that you like to sup, you know, stand up paddleboard that gives a good mix of, you know, some white water, some, well, I definitely
1: like Werner paddles the best Mm -hmm. hands down. I have never, ever, ever broken one. Yeah. (laughs) So, um, Love those guys. I was their first stand-up paddle athlete <laughs> nice. back in the day. Nice. Um, Tuesday.
0: But
1: yeah. As far as, like, boards are just, you know, for surfing, I would hands down get a bad fish board. For river running, there's a lot of good boards down there. So I think something that just has the rigidity, um, has a little bit, you know, nrs has the best NRS, in my opinion nrs has the best river running boards wow
0: okay well that's good to know Um, that i've used you know what i
1: mean like Mm -hmm. i know there's other boards out there but like a few years ago like they just they put the d ring it's like a raft but it's a standard board so they have the d rings they have all the designs of their rafts i don't know what it took them
0: so long to put a bunch of d rings on those babies
1: I know and what like handles, hello, like yeah. when you fall in, when you uh fall, obviously you fall a lot when you're standing up pally in the river. Yeah. Handles front and back. Do you like you put handles
0: to- all over that thing? I gotta grab it. I mean, it.
1: even on especially the bottom when you're like yeah. <laughs> trying to
0: swim up. <laughs> well, let me let me ask you this. This is one thing yeah. that kind of stuck with me. Um, you know, like I said, you were one of the people that I bought my board after. But I always kind of followed things and tips and stuff that you were saying along the way because you were teaching people and whatnot with different videos and stuff. But one thing came across to me, which was the whole tether thing. And, you know, because I was going on the river, you know, and I'm a swift water rescue instructor, current level four swift water rescue instructor. And I've always been involved in swift water rescue, being a river guide and whatnot. Um, but you had said one thing to, um, you know, during your videos, uh, one time that you wore like a, a, PFD that has a quick release on it and you would tether it to that. And that, that makes tons of sense. I mean, that, that's, that's a no brainer mm-hmm. going to your ankle is, is not how you do it on, on, on the river. And you were mm-hmm. definitely telling folks that, but when you said that you ran just the, the webbing through the quick release just through the front rather than going through and then back and then back through again. So it's really more rigid. I thought that that was such a good idea and man, every time since then I've told people that and I've done that. And I think that that is just the right amount of tension to, you know, engage uh, the person into the stand-up paddle board well enough. If there is something that they can be released from the board, if something bad happens, how'd you come up with that?
1: Um, from a personal experience, (laughs) that's what I,
0: that's what I was figuring,
1: (laughs) almost drowning.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, well, as you know, like wearing the leash in the river is your choice, whatever you want to do. Mm -hmm. I choose to, yes, do a quick release, um, because it is, it is a risk to be tethered to something. But Mm -hmm. if you fall in and the board gets away from you, and you're swimming down the river, your day's
0: done if that board gets away.
1: Yeah. So. Yeah, I just—that's what I personally choose. And one time I did, I, I had the my leash on, and I had the whole safety thing all, looped all through there. It was a class like three rapid, and I fell before this huge rock. My board went around one side, I went around the other, mm-hmm. and I pulled the quick release, and nothing happened. So I'm sitting there just like getting sucked under, you know what I mean? I can't, I'm like trying to, and I couldn't, you know what I mean? I couldn't do it. So literally um, person I was with had to paddle out to the rock, get on the rock and like pull me out of the water because I was going to drown
0: the hand of God rescue.
1: Yeah. Hand of God for sure. I was like, thank you. And it wasn't even like a hard rapid. It's just, Mm I just, being in the wrong place at the wrong time. And that's when I was like, you want just enough tension Mm -hmm. so that if you do fall in, you can stay with your board. But if you need to exit, just don't, you don't need to make it too tight. Even when you put the leash on the board, on the D ring, Mm -hmm. make it super loose with the Velcro so that if, if there's enough force, that thing just comes apart. You know, you don't want to be super secured. To your board in any way but mm-hmm. enough so that if you fall you can get right back to
0: it because yeah, a lot of people are drowning right right in that time period right there
1: they were there were a lot and it's just i mean i'm gonna call out rush sturgis right now because <laughs> i took him stand-up paddling for his first time on the river and he put that leash right on his ankle <laughs> oh. when i'm like you of all people should know that's wrong buddy
0: you're gonna die and, uh,
1: <laughs> <laughs> like you're like way better paddler than me and so i i mean it's weird because it's like it's common sense for me but you know for everyone else it's not and it really can be dangerous being on the river in itself is inherently dangerous and you're always taking your risk but minimizing the risks and this it's just the best you can do like a bad Absolutely. day on the river.
0: Oh yeah. It's it's way <laughs> different than a bad day at like the auto mechanic store or something. <laughs> right. Well,
1: so, so that's my two cents. I love but. that.
0: And I love that. And I think you should keep, you know, not getting yourself in trouble and learning these <laughs> methods, but just, you know, keep spreading the message out there because it's working and it worked for me. And I tell that to other people. So you're, you're on the right path there. Thanks. So thank you. I appreciate that. And you're welcome. Uh, But let me take you back from the river to uh, Tahiti uh, with Jimmy Blakeney. I mean, Jimmy Blakeney Blakeney was one of the guys in Fayetteville, the Fayetteville, you know, big time boaters. And, you know, he did some good stuff. He was a cool guy. I'm watching you and Jimmy Blakeney in Tahiti with, I don't know, big stand up paddle boards. Yeah. You're just running. You're just like. Some beautiful stuff. Take us there a little bit.
1: I'd, I'd have to say that's one of my best trips I've ever had. And going on a trip with Jimmy Blakeney is never a dull moment.
0: <laughs> and a film so crew.
1: I um So when I left Starboard um, because of certain reasons, uh, I reached out because Jimmy was always like, when I see him at the trade shows, hey, give us a call. And I did nice nice. <laughs> and they they're great company you know they they've just got it dialed jimmy's great um manager they're good people um
0: so he switched early from kayaking to stand-up paddleboarding yeah. early on too huh
1: yeah so he saw the potential there um and got hooked up with bick we well jimmy had this deal with helicone press up with ken whiting and those guys up there in Canada and we're doing BIC's athletes were doing uh some facing waves episodes with them and that's how I got hooked up with Ken Whiting and all those guys but um I got since I was at the time the only one on the team that could really surf that was a girl mm-hmm. or, and not really surf that good but at least when the cameras <laughs> are rolling you could stand up <laughs> What's that? When the
0: cameras were rolling, you could stand up and make it look good.
1: Well, fake it till you make it.
0: That's right, fake it till you make it. <laughs>
1: just yep. smile and just charge. Mm-hmm. Smile and charge. That's my motto. I but love like, it. yeah, we. I'm like, we're gonna go to Chopu, Tahiti, and if anyone out there that knows surfing, they know that Chopu can be pretty. It's big and beautiful and scary. Jeez. Mm, but you you know Chopu, right?
0: No, heck no, man. I've oh, never been to Tahiti. Gosh. I mean
1: So basically, the t- Tahiti is like Hawaiian steroids. It wow. it is paradise. It is complete it is a magical place. And if you can go there, go. I want to bad. <sighs> okay, there's my plug. So, we go and I'm like scared because if there's a big swell, I don't Basically, Tahiti's out in the middle of the Pacific, and when a big swell comes in, it's coming from deep, deep water up to, like, three inches of reef. (laughs) So it's almost like the whole ocean just lifts up and dumps. That creates perfect waves, but they're very powerful. Even, like, a head-high wave can crush you into the reef. So there's a lot of consequences but if you catch a good wave, it's probably the best experience of your life. So, you know,
0: it's worth it.
1: Yeah. So luckily we went in the first few days was a smaller swell by Tahitian standards. But for me, it was like I hadn't surfed in a couple of years and it was like, you know, mm-hmm. head high, a little higher. And knowing the reputation of Chopu, the wave, um, I was, I was scared. Like you have to take a boat. So we were staying with this guy Ramana who houses professional surfers from all over the world, like Kelly Slater and all those guys. So nice. I was like probably sleep, sleeping in a Kelly. where Kelly Slater slept. That's nice. Um, anyway, but you have, <laughs> sorry.
0: No, that's fantastic. <laughs> I'm
1: such a dork, but you have to take a boat across a lagoon about a mile to the reef then the waves break. So you need a boat. So we take this boat out there and you sit in the channel where the waves aren't breaking, you know, and then you kind of watch the waves and, you know, Jimmy's all about it. He's out there and I'm like, "Eh." Mm -hmm. but I get out there and Ramana has his jet ski. He's out there and they um, are encouraging to me. I finally drop in and it's like Dropping into an elevator shaft, you just going, feel like you're going straight down, holding on for dear life, and you can see the reef. Like you can, it's it's almost like dry reef. Um, and I caught it a few times, and I cried afterwards because I was just like, just like I had conquered a huge fear. Um, I did it. It was a beautiful experience. Like, like I said, when you catch that wave and you, you know, you make it and nice. you survived it, it's just, it was so, so it's like one of the best experiences of my life. And then uh, we went to some other islands. We outrigger paddled um, island to island. We stayed on a couple other islands, did some um, snorkeling with sharks and uh, stingrays and things like that. It was, it's horrible.
0: Yeah. It sounds like <laughs> it.
1: But we came back to, um, Chobu at a huge swell. So it was like the, the swell had come in and it was gigantic. It, there were like 20 foot plus waves. Wow! So they were trying to get me out there and I, I had to put my foot down. I'm like, cause basically the wave breaks and it's so big. And when the water comes down, there's nowhere for the water to go, so it creates a huge whirlpool. So not only do you get shundered in the wave, but you get sucked down into a whirlpool. After that, onto the shallow <sighs> reef. Yikes! Like it's, it's no joke. And they're yeah. like, "Oh, you? We saw you surf. You could totally do it." And I literally was like, N-n-n. "I, I have to. I know my limits."
0: You yeah, know? you got to know your limits.
1: But Jimmy was out there. He's a really good surfer. He's charging. Um, and then I was sitting on the boat. We were doing filming and taking pictures. We were sitting in the channel on the boat with the um, the guy driving the boat wasn't paying attention, and there was a huge, uh, like, break that came in. It kind of swung wide and came through the channel, so there was a big swell that came through. Uh which you know when someone in the surf lineup says outside you better get out there and you got to get out beyond the swell before it breaks on you because sometimes they there's a freak swell that comes in if that makes any sense okay um when there's a, a big swell in the ocean you have like the regular breaks that come in and they're predictable. Mm -hmm. But when there's a big swell, sometimes one just swings wide and comes in and just annihilates everything. So that's what happened. We're sitting in the channel and a wave came through the channel. Huge, huge wave. And I saw it just in time while it was cresting, the wave was cresting. And I was like, I don't speak French, but I was like, ah, pointed and the guy gunned it and we, we barely made it over the top of the wave before it cra- It would have tumbled us. We flew over the top. All of us were airborne, like all the camera equipment, everything were like three feet in the air oh and then smashed God. down at the back of the wave. Like it was so close.
0: Oh, thank goodness you saw it. You saved the day.
1: No, we would. Yeah. It would have been really bad. And that has happened before out there.
0: I'm sure. So. I'm sure it's not the first time. That is awesome. I'm like, I'm feeling it with that story. That's sick.
1: Can I just tell you a funny story about Jimmy? Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) When we were out there. (laughs) So Jimmy went and he surfed Chopu when it was huge, right? And
0: That guy needs it. He needs a cart to carry his balls around, you know? (laughs) I
1: know. And like he caught the wave and like big boards are good, but the one standard board he was on was plastic. You know, like how... So not the best, mm-hmm. but, um, caught an edge fell and he was underwater for like, I swear three minutes.
0: No PFD, we were, right?
1: What's that? No, PFD. no, 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 no PFDs yeah, out there. That's the crazy um, thing.
0: I need a yeah. PFD. <laughs> I can't do it anymore. <laughs> right? I can't do it without a PFD.
1: It, well, yeah. I mean, unless you're surfing Mavericks or Jaws, no one really wears <clears throat> PFDs. But, yeah, he is down. We are getting worried. He finally pops up, and he's laughing. Like, wow. that kid has no fear. But, like, it was impressive. So we called it a day. We took the boat back into the dock, got out of the boat. Walking up the dock, the dock had a little bit of, you know, rot in it. Mm-hmm. And I'd say it's about 15 feet above the ground, and he steps into one of the wood planks that like breaks and he falls 15 feet into the low tide, shallow water and lands on a bunch of like sea urchins. Oh, oh my <laughs> like after he had just been a hero in Chopu, oh, just falls and man. just like, ah, and so he got up, he comes up, he's sitting there and Raymana, the guy that was hosting us is like, you guys got to pee on him because of the stings. <laughs> <laughs> so everyone, all the guys, not me, but like they're all peeing on him to like release the pain of the sting. That's so
0: great. That's like the greatest things I've ever heard. I not
1: stop laughing.
0: Oh, man. And and talk about going like from hero beginning. to zero. Oh, my gosh. Totally. So. Getting uh, peed was, on.
1: Thank you, Jimmy and Bic. That was the best trip ever. So.
0: Wow, Jimmy, we love you, man. <laughs> if you're out there and you're hearing it, yes. we, we, it was all worth it. I love them. Oh, my gosh. That is fantastic. Well, <laughs> I don't, that's a hard story to beat right there, and it probably never will be beat. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you just can't do that. But, well, another thing that I saw come across uh, you um, was you were in Petra in the desert at mm. uh, one of the World UNESCO sites, there in Jordan.
1: Yep, I went to Jordan. What that was?
0: What, was that just a f- fun trip, or what was that all about? I saw you kissing so, the camel and and all that.
1: I know that was like my second favorite trip.
0: That I don't was, know. That looks pretty awesome. Petra
1: are, are pretty like neck and neck. Wow. So when I got involved with that show, Heliconia, um, I did a few episodes with them, and when I went, I did an episode in Ireland that I helped organize mm. and uh, it was unfortunate because we'd spent all this time organizing this trip to Ireland to do an episode there for stand up paddling for facing waves. And my mom died the day before i oh, was <laughs> supposed sorry. to go. I'm sorry. That I stays. still, I still went, you know, cause I was like, wow, my mom would have not wanted me to, she would have wanted me to go. So that was a, A tough trip.
0: Yes. I mean, it's in your mind.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Like I still went, we worked really hard, had a great time. And I proposed to those guys. I'm like, I love doing these shows and I would like to, how do I have my own show? I just asked. I'm like, I want my own show. You'll never get
0: it if you don't ask.
1: Yeah, exactly. That's my motto as well. All they can say is no. Mm Mm-hmm. And all they said was, you got to get a big sponsor. Like, okay. So we got Fitbit. So Fitbit was the main sponsor of the show, which is phenomenal. And one of, you know, we work with the tourism boards around the world. And Jordan was on board with me coming out there and doing an episode with him. Because Jordan, I guess people, you know, the Middle East doesn't have the best reputation, but Jordan's very safe and it's a good way to put Friendly, it. yeah. It, I felt I, I was fine, and that's
0: good to know. So Jordan's a good to go spot where it's okay.
1: I felt I felt safe, you know, but I had a lot of people around me, mm-hmm. and you know what and I mean. What they, year was definitely, this? What's that?
0: What year was this?
1: Um, actually, I was there four years ago today.
0: Oh, okay. So 2016. <laughs> yeah, 2016.
1: And they're definitely different lifestyle and way of life. Like women are treated a little differently there. You know what I mean? Not bad, but mm-hmm. there's the cult, it's a different culture. Sure. Which if you if you travel, you have to be okay with different cultures. It's not Mm -hmm. like it's, it is here. So you have to just chill and be like, okay, that's the way they do things. As long as, you know, they're okay with it, but kind of have to be a little accepting that Mm -hmm. the men are, you know, might have multiple wives and whatnot. There's nothing I can do about that. Mm -hmm. However, I was totally safe. Food's great. It's, I had great guides. We went, uh, all over Jordan. Jordan's a pretty small country, but we went everywhere. Uh, the history there is incredible. Yeah. There, there wasn't a lot of paddling, but Jordan. Um, I did get to paddle on the Red Sea. Okay. I think I was the first person to ever paddle on the Red Sea.
0: That's fantastic. Another <laughs> like, first. That's great. Yeah.
1: Like, I don't know for sure, but, um, I, and then I, the incredible experience there was the spiritual aspect of it mm-hmm. you just went to the wadi rum desert which is southern and there's so many places you just feel this there's something like mm-hmm. sacred you know obviously sacred but you feel it and petra was just oh my god
0: yeah petra is <laughs> like for those people that don't know it's like this uh cutout the really majestic cutout in the side of the mountain, utilizing some Greek um, and Roman kind of architecture, right? Like the friezes yeah, and the pediments and mm-hmm. that type of thing. But it's just pretty much right back into the rock. Did you go back in there?
1: Well, Petra, the, the Indiana Jones, the yeah. treasury, yeah, isn't the idea. only thing there. It's gotcha. Expansive. There's tons of these, like there. It's cut into the stone. Mm. These buildings are cut into the stone, and you go for like miles and miles back. You go up the hills, and like we rode um, donkeys, mules up the hills to secret spots. And there's just awesome. the the civilization. Like it, it is a little bit touristy, mm-hmm. but we got a special. You know, tour of special spots and things like that. You can't go into the buildings, mm-hmm. but uh, to ah, God,
0: yeah, that's like, yeah. Incredible. It was
1: that was a life changing experience. No doubt. And we went to the Wadi Rum desert. That's like where a lot of movies are filmed too, like The Martian. Okay. Um, and things like that, but that's another place that's very spiritual. And I got to stay in a camp out there overnight and they cooked food for us. I mean, we were dancing, we were smoking shisha. Hey, and hey. <laughs> I slept so good and the sunset was probably the most beautiful sunset I've ever seen in my life. Wow. And, and you know, I was the only girl there on and sure. I was they totally treated me great.
0: That's fantastic.
1: And a camel ride out.
0: <laughs> wow. Oh my gosh, that's such a good story. Yeah. Ridiculous. I, I think we could have just a uh, um a di- whole different show and it would just be called Nikki Greg bedtime <laughs> stories. Man. Just, it's like one after the other, one after the other.
1: Oh my God. I've got a lot of stories. Like I do. I've been re- really lucky. I've had lots yeah. of positive and, you know, learn lots of learning experiences as well. So, and you, you
0: focused on having that. And I mean, you didn't, I mean, I don't know your whole backstory, but I mean, it's okay. not like you got married, you had children, mm-hmm. you, We're dedicated to kind of living this lifestyle of seeing the world.
1: I wasn't set up for success. You know, I grew up in a cult with an abusive father and family, and we were poor and we were in Ohio. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, that's the number one thing. You you live
0: in Ohio, (laughs) you're ready to get out and (laughs) see the world. How did
1: I end up here? And it was, you know, just me, like I said, trusting my spirit Mm -hmm. and my heart and going and not fearing taking risks like knowing that this wasn't who I wanted to be and taking that chance Mm -hmm. because this is like what else am I gonna do? Just sit there and be miserable and do what everyone else tells me to do. No. And I know that people don't always agree with what I do and say and it's okay. I'm a little bit bold at times, might do things that people don't understand, but
0: you only get one life, fuck you, it, you know, you fuck might it. as well live it.
1: <laughs> right. <laughs>
0: Absolutely. <laughs> you know, um, it's your So value. it
1: was, you know, I didn't have a voice as a child. I didn't have a voice growing up. Now I feel like I want to use my voice to help other people because I can.
0: Nice. You're awesome. You're awesome. Well, what does the, what does the future look like for, for you? I mean, like, do you got stuff in the pipeline? Are you, Mm -hmm. you know, just happy with the produce or, you know, (laughs) (laughs) what's it looking
1: like? I sometimes, you know, I'm, I, I would say I'm on the no plan plan, which usually it works for me is if you try to really plan everything out especially nowadays who knows it's going to happen yeah so i feel lucky that i got here when i did i got the job that i did i love the people i work with um do i make a million bucks doing it no but i'm happy i'm stable i'm fed i've got my puppy dog it's beautiful here like let me just i know no one else will see this but just look at that again
0: i I see you know (laughs) picturesque mountains the rockies <laughs> yeah. right? right so I, I
1: feel like i like this job i have it but it's it's also in addition it will be a stepping stone to my next endeavor which mm-hmm. i think is i'm i i'm a healer at heart so doing and and nutrition and fitness i mean i'm you know, I'm not in the best shape of my life now because I had to take a break. I was beat up. I had to take like four years off because my body was so run down. But at heart, I'm very, like health, longevity is important. So starting this juicing business, I'm a juice freak.
0: Oh, yeah. So I've I bought done,
1: a juicer. I've done I've the juicing,
0: up. man. I, I love yeah. the juicing. It really works for your body. It cleanses you out. It makes your skin incredible. I mean, like after I get done juicing, my skin looks... It's glowing. It's super soft. I feel great. You know, I'm all about juicing. I totally understand where you're coming from.
1: Yeah. Well, good. I'm glad. And yeah. even one juice a day will change you. You know what I mean?
0: I remember Just... you're doing the wheatgrass shots. I keep going, <laughs> I keep going into bars and ask them for a wheatgrass <laughs> shot. And then they're like, get out of here. We don't have any wheatgrass shots. Where the heck were you getting these wheatgrass shots?
1: Now I, well, you know, out West, there's a little bit more of that action. Okay. I think. Um, but I, here i started growing my own wheatgrass you can get you know seeds and stuff and grow it pretty easily and my dog even likes it nice so uh, yeah i would do like tons of wheatgrass tons of ginger turmeric shots yeah and just green juices um so i bought a juicer my my work helps me out with the produce. We're I'm coming up with the logo. We're getting the bottles. I have nice. a commercial kitchen. Nice. I have a name. So it's gonna start small. Okay. And we'll see, you know, let's see where it goes. You know, that's it. that's kind of how you have to be is you you gotta get started mm-hmm. and like go for it. Work hard. Be have be a good person and have a good heart and have good intentions. And I think mm-hmm good things will happen. And like I said, I'm a healer. I came here to actually go to massage therapy school, Mm -hmm. but with everything going on, it kind of, yeah, it's not happening right now. So, um, you know, I'm just going to do my best with everything going on. I feel terrible for, I feel terrible for what everyone's going through. Uh, fortunately I've been okay and healthy Good. I'm glad to hear that. Let's let's uh, I'm holding space for everyone out there, you know, so we'll see what happens. I can't wait to get back on the river. Mm -hmm. That's my thought where I heal and where everything melts away. When you're on the river, Mm -hmm. you don't think about your problems or anything else going on.
0: It's amazing. I, I, you know, I've told people that for years and I, I do not know how it is, but I guess you just have to focus on it so much that you don't have time to put anything else in your mind, but every yeah, you time have, you put you on that river. Yeah. I mean, it, it dissolves your whole day, your whole worry, your whole week, it, it all dissolves. So getting out there paddling yeah. is, is really good for yourself and everyone. that wants to try. Yeah. To do
1: I, like and that. you know, this year, I, and as much as everything's, um, been terrible, uh, I've actually, 2020 has been great night. 2019 was awful for me. <laughs> Uh, i was sick i was in the hospital like every two weeks
0: yeah i saw you. horrible concussion that
1: messed me up like i'm still having problems from it and uh it's just you gotta
0: you gotta focus on you and take your time get healed
1: and no fear yeah no so i know
0: you'll do it i know you'll do it and
1: and uh, you too yeah you're kicking ass
0: I'm just having, you know, just having fun trying to do things to keep me occupied and touch base with friends and yeah. um I like it. I love my life with my family. They're incredible. I married a, a wonderful woman and she's an inspiration and um man, I love it. It's it's great. And I still get to do some whitewater. And now I'm in the kind of the venue like the the family whitewater avenue and it's it's great it's perfect for me you know i yes, probably get I them in a little it. too deep <laughs> you know because no, it's, it's i'm okay. i'm a kind of a class five guy you know so i get my family into it but uh you know it all works out
1: yeah so that's that's a good point is like right now is a good time to connect reconnect with our friends yes and relationships
0: are incredibly valuable and people underestimate them i think before this whole thing um I don't want to ever underestimate a relationship anymore. Yeah. Um and I'm glad that you know if something comes out of this where I can just talk to people and you know uh develop my relationship again like we're doing now. Thank that that's what I'm thankful for, you know, just just being able to say hi and how you doing? What's going on with your world, you know? This is yeah. a good byproduct
1: of that. And can I say that I also in the last year had to say goodbye to a lot of people that were toxic, Yeah. you know? And so it made room for me to reconnect and connect with people who are very good for me. So mm-hmm. like, I think a lot of people hang on to relationships because they think they have to, or they've had them for so long. Mm-hmm. And I finally, with a lot of people in my life, including my family members um, I had to say sayonara because They weren't bringing out the best in me Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) and I couldn't move forward. And, you know, it was hard at first. It was like ripping roots out of myself. Like Mm -hmm. they've been in my life so long, but now I feel happier than I've ever been. I I miss them. Mm -hmm. I love them, but I need to move on. And, you know, it's okay if (laughs) you need to just tell someone, Hey, like, move on but and then connect so then makes room for me to like hang out with you and reconnect our relationship you know
0: yeah and you can't soar like an eagle hanging around with a flock of turkeys (laughs) you know i mean (laughs) you just can't do it
1: i know and it's it's not that everyone's bad it's just that maybe at that time you're not connecting and
0: yeah and you're different paths you you are who you run with and I mean, right. your parents, I don't know, I've heard that from different folks, but it is the truth. You are who you run with. So mm. if there's a lot of negative stuff going on, it's going to make you negative. So you don't need to have that kind of stuff. So you run with the right folks that are positive and inspiring. Totally. And that's a big part of what I feel the bedtime stories for paddlers
1: is totally.
0: to help people, you know, be inspired and move with purpose on the river of life, which we're all in, you know?
1: Yep. The path of your paddle.
0: Yeah. I like that. I like that. Well, I think we've gotten some really, really great bedtime stories here. And I thank you so much for just, um, sharing some time with me and opening yourself up to, you know, what I'm doing. I thank you so much. And you're such a great role model. Um, I appreciate you. I want to thank you for that. I got a daughter coming up and I'm going to be showing her the, the videos for sure. Um, But keep doing what you're doing because you're doing a great job.
1: Thank you, Steve.
0: You're welcome.
1: I I really appreciate that. It's good to to hear that feedback. So, and thank you for, you know, connecting back with me.
0: I miss you. I miss you too. I miss (laughs) you too. And uh, if there's an opportunity, you know, you're you're wanting to come back out east, you know, I got a couch you can surf um, anytime.
1: Right on, man. Okay. So, uh, well, we'll, let's catch up soon.
0: All right, sounds good. And we'll probably be coming back at you. So, you have a great night. All right. Sweet dreams. All
1: right. You too. You too. Good night.
0: Good night. Thank you, Nikki, for being part of the podcast this evening, and thank you to all our listeners out there. It was an honor to have Nikki on the show tonight, and was even better to catch up with a friend that started kayaking at the Kent State Kayaking Club, just like I did. Tonight, we paddled so many miles of memories, and that's exactly what Bedtime Stories for Paddlers is about. Living the outdoor lifestyle is as simple as just doing it. Male or female, it doesn't matter. Nature will challenge you equally without discrimination. I'm hoping this collection of stories will educate, entertain, and increase our sphere of awareness on the river of life. Thank you, everyone. And until the next Bedtime Stories for Paddlers... Sweet dreams.